Welcome into the very first episode of So Rare in the States Baseball. My name is Chris, the MLS card guy, and maybe we have to change that name now because we're switching over to baseball. Uh, I am joined by our brand new co-host. He has been a guest on So Rare in the States Soccer before, but he is excited, as am I, to get back into baseball. Uh, it is our boy, Danny, Daniel Trippin B. How are you today, Dan? I'm good, Chris. Uh, Daniel Bramlett, Trippin B is my uh, online alter ego. Uh, you can call me Dan, Danny doesn't matter. Uh, back in the day when I was a kid, my dad would ref- get really mad if anyone called me Dan or Danny. So it's kind of like hardwired in me that to always go by the full Daniel, but it, now that I'm an adult, it doesn't really matter. But the good news is you only have to change one letter. You can go from the MLS card guy to the MLB card guy. And you're in. That's true. That's a really nice, easy little segue right over there to, uh, to MLB. So I don't know how we're going to handle that. I'm going to have to have two different online personas. People won't know who I am. Um, But yeah, it's really exciting to be getting back into baseball. And I think just to start this episode, obviously the first one, we want to just kind of paint who we are, where we come from with our baseball experience. Obviously, we met through the sower soccer side of things. So a a huge um, amount of experience between the two of us in the sower side of things, um, but maybe not so much in the baseball side. So I want to paint that picture of kind of our backgrounds as far as baseball and, and how we have been in the sport and loved the sport and now we're going to be getting back into it so um what's your kind of you know past experience and, and how did you get into baseball i grew up with baseball you know my i'm a i'm an old old fart gen xer 43 years old so i grew up with you know the bash bros uh roger clemens pitching for the red Sox back in the day that's when i first fell in love with baseball was a big ricky henderson fan back in those days and loved canseco and mcguire i remember vividly the 1989 Bay Area Earthquake World Series. That's mm. when I was a kid, and I was getting ready. I was for one of the. That was one of the first World Series where I was scoring the game by hand, like on a little uh, scoreboard chart and whatever. Because I, I was really into baseball. I've gone on to you know follow baseball my whole life. I'm be went to. I eventually. I never had like a, a team that was my own for a law like live or die with until I moved to Texas and I started going to Texas Ranger games a lot and then but the attendance of actually going to the stadium made me a big Rangers fan. So I love the Texas Rangers. I've seen them play on the road, been tons of home games. And then I actually was lucky enough. I I work in media. So I was, uh, I spent two years, about a year and a half, I should say working at the major league baseball network in New Jersey, just doing editing projects and, you know, planning out coverages and and nightly things like, you know, helping with the quick edits, you know, to turn around highlights of home runs and things like that and uh, bigger projects and just had a really a blast working at MLB net. Great people there. Some of the best people I've ever worked with in my entire career were there and just awesome times. Got to do so many cool things and did, uh, you know, won some awards that I'm proud of. So, you know, all good things. Baseball has been very, very good to me as Sammy Sosa once said. And uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a sport that is my first love. It's probably not my most passionate love these days, but excited to really kind of triple down on my love for the game because I have never fallen fully away from it. And now with so rare MLB, I'm, I'm all in. What about yourself? Yeah. So first of all, you got to say it with the right accent, baseball been very, very good to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that line. I use that all the time. Um, no. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to, uh, to just kind of go over my background as well a little bit. And I want to hear some of these awards that you got, because that, that sounds pretty cool. I want you to brag on yourself a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up obviously playing baseball. Um, I was a little bit younger than you. Um, so my first 
you know, kind of memory was that 2001 Diamondbacks just beating the Yankees, which was insane. You know, the the walk off in Game Seven of the World Series was absolutely absurd. I remember my dad let me stay up late for that one because I was like six, seven years old, something like that. Um, but I grew up in the South, so big Braves fan um, from South Carolina, just kind of the whole Braves territory. Grew up in the glory days of winning, I don't even know how many division titles in a row. We had John Smoltz, we had Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, Chipper Jones, Andrew Jones, Raphael Fercal. Like those guys were my my guys. I remember one year I really, really fell hard for Mark Teixeira for the six months that he was in Atlanta <laughs> before he signed that deal for the Yankees. I remember going down to one of those games for uh, for my birthday and having a Mark Teixeira jersey. So that was a lot of fun. Um, got a little bit older, played baseball throughout high school, sister played softball and my parents ran the league. So my dad was the president. My mom was the treasurer. Um, and, uh, I was just there all the time working concessions, umpiring, you know, painting the field lines, mowing the grass, man. Like it's, it's so, it's like religious, that experience of, of just of running the ballpark, um, every single day you're at, you're at the ballpark. Um, and yeah, played through high school, played one year of college at a very, 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 very low level. Um, so mm-hmm. very, very untalented. I would say I was a great bunner though. I was unbelievable bunner. That was Love the one that. thing that I could do. Um, I pitched one, one inning in high school. I had a, uh, I had two strikeouts, no runs allowed. So I'm a career zero ERA guy. Um, pretty, pretty talented, pretty proud of that. That was against our rival too. It was like the 13th inning and uh, all of our guys' arms were falling off. And I was like, coach, I got you. Put me out there. And uh, yeah, we ended up losing the game, but that wasn't my fault. So (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be great to get back into baseball. And and as you said, kind of soccer has kind of captured our attention lately because it's kind of coming and it's like the new sport and um, it's really, really exciting. Um, But I am excited to see, you know, can I get back into baseball and see some of the changes that have been happening here lately and some, uh, you know, pitch clock, speeding up games, that kind of thing all seems like, you know, great stuff that, that I would love to. And Mm -hmm. obviously now I live in the, in the Pittsburgh area. So I I go to some pirate games every now and then get to see whoever the pirates are playing (laughs) is more the reason why we go. Um, But uh, yeah, the pirates aren't too good nowadays, but they got some nice, nice prospects who maybe we'll take a look at. And, uh, and so we're depending on how deep the rosters go. Um, But yeah, I I think both of us have really good backgrounds. We've been around the game forever. Um, We obviously scored the game as little kids. I remember doing that as well. That was one thing that hit home while, while you were talking. Um, they have an I, app for that now is what I'm told. You know, I, don't, I haven't done it oh, in a while. Now, I believe you can do it on an app. So there's Oh, like, man, like I would score. My sister played travel softball, and I would score those mm-hmm. games on my app all the time. I gave I, – I had the advanced, like, you know, you could say where they hit it to um, and, like, who fielded and all that stuff, and it would give you the, actually the advanced stats. Um, that was really cool back in the day for for them. You know, a little U13 softball team had had the advanced stats because I would travel around with them and and, and keep that. Um, but yeah, it was a it was fun. It was fun times. 110 degree heat in Aiken, South Carolina is nothing to play with, man. Oh, I bet. Well, Mark Teixeira, former Texas Ranger, you know, so True. it always comes it always comes full circle back to the Rangers. That's one thing you will learn as we uh, go down this journey together is that I will use every excuse to bring it back to the Rangers that I ever can. I've lived and died for the lit for and with the Rangers. Uh, if we get for far enough down the road together, maybe I'll share some of my even uh, wilder Ranger Texas Ranger stories. But uh, to answer oh your earlier question, the, uh, 
the award that I was able to win in uh, in New Jersey when I worked at MLB as I was a freelancer there for a year and a half was the Emmy Sports Emmy Best Daily Studio Show working on MLB uh, Tonight, which is their you know sort of wrap around like take you all around the league as it's happening type show. One of the best shows on TV, and if you if you love baseball, it's probably in your top three shows on TV. Uh, yeah, I will say that. Everyone, if you they've won that Emmy so many times, and they're so they're gracious enough to sort of hand out statues to everyone in, that work in the whole department that wow. works on the show. So they hand out you know forty to fifty of these statues. So if you work at MLB Network long enough, you're going to rack up the Emmys. I was only there for long enough to just get one, but it, I'm proud of it. And I did have uh, a piece when you submit an Emmy reel. You, you know, your whole show is represented by like a five minute reel that you send in. That's kind of like just a few examples of things that air on the show. One of the, the very first item on our Emmy reel clip was a piece that I produced. So feel a little bit of kinship to cool. that, to that particular award. Uh, maybe I earned it, you know, a tiny percentage more than the average Joe who was <laughs> uh, just stepping away at MLB. But it's a great team. Like I said, and again, some of the best people I've ever worked with in Secaucus and love MLB network, love everywhere I've ever worked. Uh, on the network level, not at the local level, but uh, again, more <laughs> stories for other days. Is that, is that what I can see sitting behind you there at the Emmy and the yeah, background? Yeah, I don't know if we're on video, yeah. but yeah, I do. I have, I have two sports Emmys and one of them was at MOV and one of them was at uh, the SEC network. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll, we'll be on video if we get enough fan support and we, uh, and, and they want to see our beautiful smiling faces. We might be able to do that at some point. Whenever I move, these are the first things I unpack. I will say that, you know, other, other than that, I don't, have, I'm not too much of a, a vain guy, but I always do kind of do that little, little thing for myself. Man, man's got priorities. I'll give you that. Um, talking about the, the Rangers to share a thing. I looked up that trade too. Cause I remember Jared Saltzelmaki was one of my favorite players. And I heard we traded him away and I was Salty. like, Oh no. And then, and then we got to share back. I was like, Oh my God, this guy must be amazing. Um, we traded away the next Javi Lopez, right? He so was, little, yeah, yeah, he yeah. was supposed to be great. Elvis Andres was in that deal, and if Tali Perez was in that deal, yeah, that was a crazy, crazy deal. And we Elvis, we got him for six yeah. months. It was the worst. Elvis on... was a greater ranger than Teixeira for sure. Yeah, Most Elvis, but I think Elvis eventually ended up somewhere. I think he ended up might have been with the Yankees himself, right? I have to look that up. I, I missed that when he left the, day, the team. For some reason, I think of him as a Blue Jay. But I do think of him as a ranger too. Um, That's ever. Yeah. So yeah, interesting. We'll we'll definitely have some stories and some rants, I'm sure, um, as we as we go through this uh, through this journey with everyone. Um, we do have. I forgot to mention off the top of the show, we had a little giveaway on Twitter. Um, so one person is going to be walking away with that. I'm not going to spoil the surprise right now. We'll have to stay tuned to the end to figure out who, who got that win, but I'm very proud of who got that win. So um, we'll, ha- we'll have to uh, let you guys know that at the end, but I want to quickly kind of go through, you know, what's, what's different about Sora. So we may have a lot of people who are, are baseball fans who've never played, um, who've played fantasy, but have never played Sora mm-hmm. before. Um, so what is, in your opinion, what is, what, what's the secret sauce for Sora? Like what's the, what's the big deal? Why do we care? Well, I think it's different for different people, which is part of that secret sauce is that uh, have whatever flavor of what Sower brings kind of can attract different crowds. And what I mean by that is you can play the fantasy game. You can play it, when it comes to soccer, you can play SO5 and, or you can play the market. There's people who have a blast doing so rare, simply flipping cards or, you know, maybe losing on some cards, but winning on others and 
just playing the market and trying to trade in futures of younger players, especially people have a lot of fun doing that and never even playing the fantasy game. Others just play the fantasy game and just want to invest in the guys that they know are rock solid that can win the prizes and they don't really play the market too much. And, and everywhere in that spectrum, people fall, you know, there's a mix of what you can do. And so the ability to have different ways to appeal to different crowds, I think is a, is a great secret sauce of so rare. Another thing about it is the way that so rare gets you to educate yourself on teams that you didn't know about obscure teams. You know, I've been, I'm a huge KV Mecklen fan in, in the Belgian league now, you know, Malinois, you know, whatever, hashtag no matter what, you know, obviously because, and why? Because I had a few of their guys on so rare and then I bought a few more guys to go with them. Then I started following the team, you know, so I can imagine MLB is going to provide a little bit of that to people that don't follow baseball. Uh, hopefully a lot of the big European contingent, hopefully are degen enough to buy into major league baseball and, and see what that has to offer them and, and see if they can become fans of, of baseball teams. I, I think of it when we were in Orlando and a couple of the European guys who came over to that meetup, one of the things they want to do was go to a batting cage and swing baseball bats because, so there's some intrigue there, you know, like people uh, in Europe want to see what baseball is all about. So for them, it's a novelty almost, and may, maybe they'll invest in that. Maybe they won't. Again, it really comes down to though, what is so rare really going to offer? Because I've heard a lot of things. I don't know. You've heard more than me. I'm pretty sure because you have a, a few more details and facts and figures you can lay out for some people, even in this episode as, as vague as it might be forced to be in some spots, but what are we going to get? Are we going to have just a market? Are we going to have a fantasy game? Are we going to have just collectibles? Is there going to be completely different from soccer is going to be the soccer. So rare game we know and love just with a baseball overlay. Where do you think it, it, it ends up? We won't, we'll probably know in a few weeks, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the million-dollar question. No one really knows at this point. We're recording this before. I mean, they've announced that MLB is coming, but they've not announced any real details yet. Um, so we don't know, to be to be completely honest with you. What we suspect, just from having watched, you know, interviews with Ryan Spoon on, on MLB Network, um, which was a, a big interview, he kind of made it seem like it would be a little bit different from soccer, but there would still be a fantasy aspect. There's still a, uh, a collecting aspect, a trading aspect to things, um, but it will be probably a little bit different. It may look a little bit different. There's different logistical challenges because on the soccer side, you know, you have kind of neat midweek games and weekend games, whereas on the baseball side, it's more every day, but then teams have random off days. So you can't really play daily competition. So it's a little, you know, it's a little convoluted as to how well, they might bring that out. You can play daily competition. You just got to buy more cards. Yeah, you can. <laughs> if it you guys have it, an update, you just got to buy more cards, yeah. get on the market. <laughs> yeah, it, ma- it makes it a little more random, though, you know. It makes it sure. more like, you know, Aaron Judge could be the best player on the on the platform, but he could go for 4 any given day. Um, and when I say Aaron Judge, I mean Shohei Otani because he's definitely going to be the best player on the platform. <laughs> but uh, that's beside the point. Um, so yeah, we, we, we Yankee don't know. Stacks though, right? Oh God. John Carlos. I'm a Yankee hater, but yeah. The oh. stacks yeah. Garrett Cole. God, former, former pirates are all over that. Yankee team. It's, <laughs> it's absurd. Well, it seems like, think about how we have SO5 with soccer. You have a, a goalkeeper and four outfield players. You could easily merge that over to baseball with a pitcher two infielders, two outfielders, or any, yeah. you know, any combination thereof, or you could force people to get a catcher. Maybe if, if you want to do that, although that would be a mistake in my mind, but so there's a, there's a portability of SO5. If they want to go that route, will they, I don't know. We don't know, but 
that's one way they could do it. Uh, will stacks be playable? Will you, there be prizes? Will there be a game with no rewards? Will there be ETH thresholds? Will there just be cards? Will, will, will there be split scarcities? Will they go one of a thousand right off the bat? Or will they start with just rares of one of a hundred scarcity when they launch? I mean, there's so many questions. Yeah. And, and, and the biggest question I think a lot of people want to know, though, is, is this truly a ground floor opportunity? Right. Are we getting in on the ground floor here? Because so rare, as big as we think it'll be someday, it is still big enough with 100,000, give or take, engaged users. It's not like this MLB launch is a secret. So it's never going to be like it was when you, if you joined So Rare Soccer in 2019. But are we getting a, uh, a percentage of that? Uh, are we getting a piece of that? Well, that's the thing because yes, it's a hundred thousand users that enter every single week, but how many of those guys are Europeans that have never watched a baseball game before that wouldn't know mm-hmm. Shohei Otani from Rafael for call, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it, it's going to be difficult. You know, I, I do think there's going to be some opportunity for early movers and I'm glad that we're going to be in that group. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have to see, I mean, you mentioned catcher. That's a huge question, right? Because in, in soccer, there's only one goalkeeper. So it really creates a log jam. Goalkeeper is the most expensive position because there's only one of them. Every other position you have four or five guys per team, whereas goalkeeper, you only have one same thing with catcher and catchers rotate too. You don't, you know, your catcher is not gonna play 162 games a year. So you're going to have some DNPs if you have catchers, you know, hopefully they would count catcher as just an infielder and the, 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 uh, tax position. That's kind of like goalkeeper would just be pitching pitching. Yeah. Cause you only, you only pitch once every five days. Well, mm-hmm. Again, that brings then, it back to though, how long is the competition? If it's daily? Well, I think, yeah, it's going to come down to, I think it's no, I think it's going to be game weeks. I think they split the week into just like they do. If they're, if it makes sense, just do it on Tuesdays and Fridays. And so everything's streamlined yeah. with what they're doing on soccer. And then in that Tuesday through Friday window, you figure you're probably going to get a start from one of your starting pitchers and you're probably going to have to have, three or four arms, you're going to have to have a, a just like a real, real major league baseball team. You're going to have to li- have a little bit of a stable of guys, you know, and maybe that will yeah. work to keep prices down. Maybe that will work to drive prices up. Who's no, who knows? Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. And that's one thing when we get, we expect, I don't know if we've mentioned this before, we expect the announcement to come as far as details on the game, as far as the matrix and how things are going to be scored. We're expecting that on July 13th, which is next week. Um, I think it's the 13th. I might have to double check that. I, I think it was like next Wednesday is, is what I was looking at. But um, yeah, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be one thing. And we're going to have, I'll probably have something live as the announcement is going. Um, and then we'll have an episode of the podcast that night to just discuss everything from that, you know, kind of um, announcement because it'll be a lot of reaction. It'll be a lot of, well, I didn't see this coming. You know, we can't anticipate what they're going to roll out. Um, so it'll be a lot of that come, come July 13th when we actually mm-hmm. figure out how this is going to actually look and feel. And, you know, is it even going to be a good value? You know, are they going to throw, you know, are, are they going to throw out of 10 cards out there for everybody and no, nothing else, you know, is our cards going to be attainable? Are they going to throw out a 10,000 cards and it's going to be, you know, 30 cents a card mm-hmm. and it's going to be completely worthless to do. You never know. You know, you never yeah. know with these things. It's 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 all about how they roll things out. And if we've seen this, this is one thing where us having experience with Sora, I think, comes in handy because we have seen them roll things out. Some 
brilliant, some not so brilliant, some very poorly rolled out, but they always, always, always listen to feedback from the community and try to work to make things better. It's not always quickly. It's not always the speed we might like, but really when you step back and think of where we started, at least when I started a a year and a half ago on soccer to where we are now, all the different competitions we have, brand new scarcity, legends, all this different stuff. There's a ton that they've rolled out really. And um, a lot of it, you know, they've kind of tweaked with and messed with a little bit to, to make sure it's fair and make sure it's, it's working because they really, that's one thing that I am really, really excited about this company specifically is that they really do listen to their community. I don't know if you have any experience with that thoughts, positive or negative. I mean, do you have any, any thoughts? Well, (laughs) funny that you should mention that (laughs) Uh, I do. I have some great positive interaction. Uh, from when I first joined So Rare about a year and a half ago myself with Dan in the Discord, with a few other folks who, who work for the company. I think I've had my bad experiences probably started when the actual So Rare employees kind of faded out of the Discord and turned things over to their third-party ambassadors. And I don't really, the ambassadors didn't run things very well. And during the whole uh, Blackpool blow-up, I ended up getting so trolly and jokey because I was just like so fed up with what I saw going on with Blackpool. I've got, you know, it wasn't that big a deal, but I've, and I've gotten over, but I was just, just so down the troll uh, black hole wormhole that I couldn't drag myself out of it. So I started posting a lot of trolly posts about them being investigated by the police and stuff like that. And the, the uh, admins, the mods banned me. So that was my negative experience was getting thrown out of the uh, official so red discord. I think I could go back after a few months. They said, Hey, you're free to come back if you want. Cause they yeah. updated it. I think it was when the TOCs were updated, but uh, I haven't gone back. So maybe I've, I actually probably have to now so I can reach out to some more people on this baseball project. Probably something I have to at least consider, but uh, previous to all of that blow up, things were great with so red. I do think they respond. I remember be, at one point thinking to myself, man, so we're so slow to, to get things yeah. done. And then six months later, everything that you just said, this, yeah. this, you know, the new game modes, the new scarcities, the new uh, legends and everything like that. And, and the new MLS contracts, which is bigger to me than to a lot of the European players, but it's huge to me at you and I. So right. uh, when you got to do the whole tortoise and hare thing and have some patience with these folks who are, raising huge sums of money, building big partnerships and doing things on their own timing, whether we like it or not. And usually it's worked out for us in the long run so far. And I'd honestly, I'd rather them take a long time and get it right than do something quickly and mess things Mm -hmm. up and not come back to it. And even, I mean, like you're saying, the Blackpool thing was probably the low point of the whole community as far as, uh, as far as my experience with them. I mean, it was kind of the same as you. Um, and this was a situation where there are a few big accounts that had a lot of leverage and a lot of buying power. And a lot of people thought that they were, you know, kind of milking the system to their own advantage and not really playing by the rules. And so, you know, it was slow. It was very, very slow, but Mm -hmm. eventually they kind of got everything worked out, updated the terms and conditions so that you couldn't do what they were doing. Um, and, and eventually they did kind of, kind of get that back. And even at that time, there was a lot of sentiment of, well, there hasn't been anything new in a while. There hasn't been, because I think this was, what, earlier this year, and they hadn't brought anything out since October. Um, and we were kind of like, what are these guys doing? Like, where are they going? And now we're seeing all of the updates that they've had over the last 
three or four months. And we're like, okay, this is probably, you know, what they've been setting up for the last six months. Um, so I will say a lot of this seems to be these guys kind of work on, you know, during the season, they don't like to mess with a lot of stuff. And then once it hits the off season, like right now, European soccer is off. So they're kind of tweaking with a ton and bringing out a whole a lot of game, you know, game modes and testing them out and getting ready for, for um, European soccer to come back in August. So I think we're going to see, you know, when it actually rolls out during the season, I don't think we're going to see a ton of changes and tweaks and things. And we might get a little antsy, um, but I think over the off season, and I think this is good that they're rolling it out toward the second half of the season too. Over the off season, I think we'll see some some nice shifts and some nice, you know, they'll listen to the community and figure out the best way forward and 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 go that way. So um, that's a, a really interesting kind of dynamic and, and thing that we've, or at least I, I guess I should speak for myself. I've kind of learned to trust them a little bit and kind of know that they um, are working on things and, and they're not the fastest company in the world, but they are, when you really look at it, they're, they're kind of moving at light speed with how quickly they've grown and how quickly they, and how much they've sustained that growth. I mean, when I started, it was 5,000 people maybe that owned a card and now it's a hundred thousand people entering every <laughs> single week into the tournament. So it's, it's kind of, insane how much they've grown in one year um just on the soccer side um let's talk about the differences maybe between baseball and soccer here because they're Mm -hmm. two completely different sports right they're two completely different communities that follow each sport um and they kind of have their own unique histories i guess with with um Mm -hmm. how they've interacted with their fans so i'm interested to see what you think might be positive as far as you know baseball over soccer and what you think might be negative as far as soccer over baseball well, I think soccer is a little more dynamic and plays well into the idea of a scoring matrix. Statistically, the ability for people all over the pitch to sort of be doing things, the ability to rack up defensive and offensive actions all at once and to sort of have this sec, these two layers of, of sort of everyday, you know, uh, all around actions that you do for as time ticks by and you rack up points that way, plus there's the decisive action that can sort of take you to the next level. All that whole matrix is great for soccer. And I, it is, even though I don't think that the so rare soccer matrix is perfect, it is extremely intriguing to me as someone who has played fancy soccer since, you know, 15 years and, and seen some really horrible scoring systems that are just like goals and assists only and stuff like that all the way through to what DraftKings and FanDuel did for years. And, and now what so rare has come up with, I think is the best I've seen so that that all is great that I think soccer has an edge that baseball will be tough to match because baseball, you could say a home run is a DA or uh, maybe 10 strikeouts in a game counts as a DA for a pitcher or something like that. If you really wanted to bring the whole decisive all around dichotomy from soccer to baseball, I think that is a spot where it will be different. I think we're yeah. going to be looking at a scoring matrix that's totally different. And yeah. I assume, presume, excuse me, that that's what they've been working on for the last three months or so since they, since we really found out that the baseball was coming, they've been figuring out how to do the scoring. I think, I do think there will be game weeks. I think there will be game weeks and I think they'll split it up in, in two game weeks per week, just the way they have soccer. But I think how your team racks up points could be wildly different and may not have the 100 point cap that we see in soccer. What do you think about that? That's interesting. See, I, I hadn't thought about their 100 point cap. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting point because you might be able to just, I mean, absolutely go off and have 
you know, hit for the cycle or something that nobody ever really does or throw a perfect game. Do you really only get a hundred points for a perfect game? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that's an, that's an interesting one. Um, as far as the actual scoring. Yeah. I think soccer will be very different from baseball. Um, I don't think, cause in soccer that does kind of lend itself to, you know, they say all the time in soccer goals change games, right? So when you score a goal, it is a decisive action. That's why it's called that. It mm-hmm. literally changes the game. There's not really, mm-hmm. I mean, home runs are this most similar thing, but it's not really the same. Right. You know, a, a solo yeah. shot, you know, doesn't really, it, it could be seven, one and you hit a solo shot. It doesn't change the game at all. You know? Right. It feels like Pretty, that a home run could be like five to seven points, not 25 points. Right. You know, compared to a goal. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I think it'll be more of traditional because because let's like let's look at this fantasy baseball has a much deeper history and much more rich history than fantasy soccer does. And they kind of had to almost invent the wheel with soccer, whereas Mm -hmm. with baseball, there's a pretty good I mean, I play fantasy baseball and I don't think it's horrible, the scoring matrix. There's things that can probably be improved a little bit, but I mean, I don't think it's I, I don't think it's you know, completely out of date or, or it's just laughable. Like, you know, only having goals and assists in soccer would be. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's more to work with on the baseball side. I think we'll see a more almost familiar, familiar kind of scoring matrix um, for those of us that played, you know, fantasy baseball, I think we'll, it'll be something that makes a little bit more sense, but I'm, I'm very interested. I don't know how I solve the game weeks thing. I don't know if one week, one full week makes sense, or I don't know if, you know, three, you know, like a series makes sense to just play every four days and have rotating game weeks. I, I don't know. That's that's a tough one for me. If it was just one game week per week and they did, they had a, th- a division with that was gave us a division with ETH thresholds versus two games a week, two game weeks per week and no thresholds, I would take the one with the thresholds for sure. I think. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. If there will even be thresholds, if that's even on the table, who knows, but just. Again, so another, to, that's another thing that we don't know about. Um, yeah. If you're not familiar with, with so rare, the threshold is kind of, it's you versus yourself. You're just trying to score as many, you know, a certain amount of points. So each week in soccer, it's 205 points for a bottom threshold, 250 points for a top threshold. doesn't matter what anybody else does in the world. If your team scores that you get the threshold, you could be a million other people that score 205. You still get the threshold, um, which is kind of nice. You know, it's, it's something that's attainable. It's not super out there like teams. I, I have teams routinely that score 250, you know, maybe 40 to 50% of the time. So it's not something that, you know, you have to really have a great lucky week in order to hit this thing. Um, and it, it's kind of built into um, another part of server that I like, which is the progression system, right? They take, they take you kind of from the bottom and, you know, put you into limiteds and then you win a few limited cards and then, you know, you can kind of rack up enough money to buy, maybe buy a rare team and, and uh, rack up some E thresholds there. And then, you know, you mm-hmm. move on to super rare and, and this whole kind of ladder that you just keep climbing up and up and up. And there's always, you know, better players to get within each division, but then there's also higher divisions to go to. Um, once you've gotten the Shohei Otanis and the, and the Aaron judges of the world, you can just climb up to the next division. And instead of playing them out of a thousand, you play them out of a hundred. So there's always kind of a, a next higher rung that you can kind of aspire to and, and plan out and think about. So in that sense, I think it's, it's really a, a good setup there. Um, 
Now, how about how about the collectability? Because on the soccer side, there really isn't a whole lot at this point. Um, mm-hmm. There are some guys that are trying to kind of collect, you know, all of the players from one team that are one out of 10, one out of 100, whatever. And they're they're completing collections, but it doesn't really there's there's nothing there. There's nothing. There's no bonuses. There's no rewards. There's no there's really not even a community sentiment around. Oh, that's cool. You know, um, whereas baseball is totally different. Right. Baseball. We all grew up collecting baseball cards. We all grew up um, with that kind of mindset. So that does this sport lend itself a lot more to collectability and a lot more to having one out of X or having the Jersey number or all of these different things that we've all grown up collecting. I hope so. I think that it could be key and clutch for that to be the case because there's a chance they may be launching with no fantasy game. They may be launching just collectible only to start as, as things get going. I'm, we don't know, but that is one rumor that I've heard is that there's not actually going to be a fantasy game. I would hope that's not the case, but that is in the range of outcomes. Collectability is huge with baseball, more so than with soccer. Soccer had the Panini stickers as probably the most preeminent collectible in the history of soccer fandom that I can think of over the years, World Cup type stuff that came around every few years. Baseball cards have been around for uh, going on 100 years or Forever. plus now. This, yeah, I actually have some connection there too as well. When I was a kid, my dad and I, uh, we owned our own card shop. We were, Oh wow! I, I grew up in a fairly small town in Utah, Ogden, Utah. Not That's not a tiny town, but we were the biggest customers at this car, at the big, at the card shop in town. Like we'd go there every weekend and, you know, buy cards and build collections and things like that. I had, you know, the 86 Don Russ Clemens rookie. I had the, uh, tons of like Mark McGuire, 87 tops rookies, just Dozens of complete 87 tops sets with the wooden border and stuff like that. We had a huge collection. So we got so big that we opened our own shop on the other side of town. And uh, wow. the people at, at the first shop were kind of pissed at us what happened. And it, we had it going for a while. We had it going for about six months and we were doing okay. And then some things actually happened like in our family that, that forced us to give up that business, unfortunately. But uh, um, it was fun for a while. And I, I opened so many packs. There's just, I, I, we, we would buy boxes, you know, to build up stock and try to sell complete sets. And I just remember opening pack after pack after pack baseball cards. So people have that love of baseball cards. They're, they yeah. know sort of more intrinsically in their head that, oh, baseball cards could be worth something more so than they would with soccer cards. So I think that's good. And again, you you sort of explained some of the basics of So Rare made me realize that we might have some li- people listening to this who don't play So Rare soccer and really are just joining this for the baseball side. So I apologize if I was talking over anybody's head when I'm talking about thresholds. I think you did a good job of explaining that. And when, when, if there is a fantasy game to be played with these collectibles, then it's going to be about, uh, you know, entering contests and scoring points based on your players' performance and climbing leaderboards and the top of the leaderboards win prizes, which is more cards coming back to you. That's how so rare works. But that ability to win a threshold where you play against yourself, as you said, play against the score and it doesn't matter where you are on the leaderboard and you can still win a, a prize that'll help you build and get better cards for the future. That's part of the secret magic sauce as well that yeah. I should have mentioned earlier. So that, that, that is great. And this built in progression that the soccer progression is getting even better. So hopefully a lot of that will, will be baked in from the start with baseball. And here's another thing that I think, um, and you've talked about, we don't know the details there. It may be that there is no fantasy game 
even to start with. Um, it may be that there's, you know, a month or two where they just let people collect these and they roll out the fantasy game next year. You know, we don't we don't know how this is going mm-hmm. to go, but we do. Ex- at least I expect from, you know, Ryan's comments, um, I do expect there to be a fantasy element. That's something that's very key to everything that Sower kind of is, is owning your game and then being able to use and, and utilize your cards. Um, so I would be absolutely shocked if this is just a collectible that you collect and can't do anything with. I did just double check the ad and it says the first NFT based fantasy baseball game. So, I mean, they're yeah. teasing a game and they're promoting yeah. marketing there. So that helps. Yeah. And I, I think they said it was like, and the soccer side is free to play too. I mean, you have to buy the mm-hmm. cards. So it's a little right, maybe yeah. misleading there, but um, now they have it the is three technically, <laughs> yeah. I mean, technically the game itself is free to play. You just have to have the cards in order to play it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I we all expect at, at least at some point there to be a fantasy aspect to this. Um, and one thing that I think they have done a really, really good job of it, and then they talk about owning your game and being connected to your club and to different players. They've had a few different competitions where they've sent you know people to a Real Batis uh, game mm-hmm. over in Spain. They've they've done some autographed jersey competitions where the top ten get autographed jerseys from a specific player. Um, they've done some other like really, really cool stuff. And I think more of that is coming in the future as as well, as we get more and more kind of connected into the existing sports world, like this deal with MLS, I think leads, lends itself really well Mm -hmm. to some more experiences like that. So definitely something that I'm excited about on the soccer side that I think is also going to be in baseball. I think they're going to have a ton of opportunities. I I know they've already had a a trip to the all-star game, um, for two people that, that someone could win. And and that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing that is priceless, right? That's the kind of thing right. that you tell your grandkids about when you're 85 and you've lived your whole life and, and you look back and you say, that was something that was really, really cool. I got to meet Mike Trout at the all-star game in 2022. Mm-hmm. Like how cool is that? Um, that's something that you can't get anywhere else. You know, you have to have that, that connection in order to play. And I think you were talking about, you know, you follow a specific team in Belgium that you've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's only 30 teams. Like, you've heard of all the baseball teams. There, it's not like you will but, be following but teams, in, but you could you could 100% be following players you've never heard of, right? Someone in Belgium may not have heard of the of True. These 30 teams, the, the reverse example. And in theory, the, the, the connection between Major League and Minor League, I think, has kind of grown. They've drifted apart in recent years, but in theory – once the the game has sort of been tested, proved, you know, why not expand to all, you know, 150 minor league baseball teams around the country? Sure. Scoring holds up. The stats could actually be somewhat comparable for a lot of these leagues. Yeah. And you'd hope us, but you'd also hope they would expand to Asian baseball. You'd hope yeah. they'd expand to Caribbean baseball. Eventually that so rare's soccer's ability to be a global game has really also a big selling point. So but I think starting with MLB, one thing I would love to see, I think starting with just one league is probably smart, just the way they started with ju- just the Jupiter League when they launched soccer. Now, this Major League Baseball is a little bit bigger than the JPL, but uh, one thing I'm going to throw out there as a hope, as a wish list, which hopefully we'll find out in a week comes true, is just better photos. If you We talked about the collectability. Better than mm-hmm. just a headshot. You know, on the uh, cards, yeah. Yeah, on the cards. If they can get like a, action like shot, action shot, you know, yeah. a, a shortstop turning a double play or something like that or, or things like that or you know, a swing, you know, an outfielder taking a big swing, a slugger, you know, with a big swing, pitcher after a, a big strikeout reacts, that will enhance the collectability so much. And I do right. think people that are trying to come here, if we're trying to attract 
people who don't play so rare love baseball, love collecting baseball cards and say, Oh, I'm going to try this digital card collecting thing called so rare. If you just give them headshots, it'll, it's a turnoff compared to what they're used to. So we'll see if that comes true. It it is my dream. That would be really, really cool. I'd be absolutely on board with that. And that's, um, I mean, hopefully they're, they're thinking that way and and wanting to go that way, but that's something where it may take a, a year or two, you know, it might be, well, we're working out all the game metrics and we're working out all the fantasy aspect and we don't have time to, you know, make all these cards great. But then, you know, two years down the road, we've had these headshot cards for a couple of years and people are like, yeah, I don't know if I really want to collect this. And we get into the, you know, action shots type thing we get into. And even, even on the soccer side, the cards have gotten better every single year for the design of the card itself. They still have headshots, which I think is a little, you know, not the most aesthetically pleasing, but at least the design itself has gotten more interesting and in mm-hmm. my opinion, better. Um, obviously that's subjective, but um, yeah, I mean, I think this is something that can be approved year on year as well. Yeah. And having five years worth of cards. Now the 2018 cards probably didn't look that good in 2020 when they were one of three versions, but now that there's five or, you know, different versions of cards, you look back at you know, those 2018s actually look kind of nice. And that's, that's how collectability builds is that you can't, you can't like collect a five-year-old card. If there are, if they have five years, haven't passed, we have to like live through those five years for that collectability to build. And that, that's what's happening to some of the 2018 so rare soccer cards. And, you know, in 2027, hopefully these first edition MLB cards will will hold up some extra collectability for, for that. I think we don't know enough about scarcities, but when it comes out, I will certainly be looking to buy a bunch of Texas Ranger cards, probably at the lowest scarcity. Just I, yeah. I'm going to probably go quantity over quality at first, although I will do a deep as deep a dive as I possibly can on whatever scoring matrix comes out. Yeah. I do in, in soccer. I'm a big collector of my Charlotte FC cards. I I probably have way too many of those uh, than is useful for playing the fantasy game. But I'll probably do the same thing with my Rangers, and we'll see. We'll see how it works out. Uh, I could also I would also say though that one thing I learned from so rare is the way to actually win. If the game has a similar structure, then there's some incentive to me to to buy big and to get some star players. Go get yourself yes. Tony right away. Get in there. Don't nickel and dime it. Go mm-hmm. spend and get the studs and win first place, win the podium finishes early and often, and that will pay off big time. Yeah, it's funny you said that. I, I'm, I'm going to flex a little bit here. I had my first podium finish this weekend. Finished second oh. in U23 Limited. Hell Picked yeah. up a little Upa Meccano action. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we – and that's all dependent on how the game is and what the matrix is and what the meta is. Cause in soccer, you know, it's the creative midfielder. It's not necessarily the striker that you want. It's the creative midfielder and the center backs that are kind of the meta best players. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe in, in baseball, it's the shortstops, maybe it's the center fielders, maybe it's the pitchers. We don't know. So that'll right. be something to kind of look and, and obviously you're, you're going to, you're going to stick with us and figure out all the strategy and everything as, as we kind of go through everything. So um I think this is, I, I think this is a really exciting time and it's going to be interesting to see how many people are on it. I think mm-hmm. um, it's going to be really interesting to see how many non soccer people are on it, how many first time users they have. Um, I think that'll be also a big thing. And I don't even know how we're going to tell that, but I, I would love to just kind of do a little polling and, and see where we are with that. But yeah, I mean, this is, 
this is huge. This is an exciting time. Baseball's rolling out, um, and, and we expect some more information here pretty soon. Um, but I think that's a, a pretty good starting point as to where we are, um, who we are, first of all, and, and where SORAR is kind of coming from if you don't have any experience with it. Um, if you do have experience with it, we'll obviously be covering everything as, as we get more information in this process. Um, do you have any other last-minute thoughts here before we wrap things up? No, go Rangers and give us as much info as you can, SORAR, because we will dive into it. Follow this show because we are committed. We Hopefully we sold you on our history, our bona fides, as far as following baseball. Not a lot that we can give you in terms of detail on this episode because uh, yeah. we don't have a lot of detail, but we want to make it a fun show and, and give bring the entertainment plus information. And, and yeah. if we can find that sweet uh, combination, hopefully you enjoy talking to us. I always love talking to you, Chris, and we banter back and forth pretty well. So hopefully it's a good listen for the people. That'll be fun. I'm sure at some point we'll start to get some guests on the show as well. Once we get a little bit of a bench going and know who's going to play baseball. Um, I know Bob's going to listen to this and we're going to rope him into baseball here pretty soon. So I'm sure we're going to get him on as a guest at some point. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have some very interesting, hopefully very entertaining stuff for you guys. We do have one more thing before we wrap things up for our first episode here. We did a giveaway on Twitter, um, and this is maybe for the people who are more following me and, and the SOAR and the state soccer side of things before, um, but we did a little giveaway. I was trying to think, how do I give away a soccer player that like says this is baseball? So I went and looked, <laughs> and there was basically just one Dominican player that I could buy. So I went and bought that Dominican player, and uh, we're giving him away. His name's Edison Esconza, I believe, from Miami. Um, he yep. is, he's U 20, I believe too. So he's actually a pretty decent prospect for someone. And the, uh, the winner of the giveaway is at Torin Miguel, who I looked on his profile says he's from the Dominican as well. So how about that? Miguel, Tor- well, Miguel Torin is a center back for, uh, Argentinos juniors as well, who takes penalties. So go, go get, a, go go. get a Miguel Torin card for sure. He's a, he's a good card to own. So there you go. Winner, yeah, winner, perfect. all around. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. That's a, that's a good one. Um, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll reach out to, to him with the details for the giveaway, but we appreciate everything. We will see you guys. We are typically going to be doing this on Tuesday nights, I think is the best night for the two of us. Um, but this next one will be coming out next Wednesday, I believe is their um, announcement. So we're going to wait till after the announcement, release initial reactions. I will probably have something live um, as they have the announcement coming out. So definitely make sure that you are following at Sower in the States pod, Sower States pod on, on Twitter. Um, And we'll have all the details on there for you, but until the next time, you guys have a good rest of your week. So Chris, the people want to know our secrets. How did we get this podcast started? Yeah, kind of a crazy story. We were both coming into this from the YouTube side, have never really done anything podcast wise. We looked around, found Anchor by Spotify, really great service. It's completely free to use. They have some great stuff that you can just upload straight onto the website. You can actually record on the website. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.